Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. Today we're with Christina Garcia. Christina is a Deputy Director at the Building Electrification Institute. BEI has been helping Burlington in some of its building electrification policies, including the creation of our carbon pollution impact fee. But beyond that, Christina has founded a group called Latinx in Sustainability. I'm really excited to talk about the role of Latinx in Sustainability in diversifying and supporting a diverse workforce, not only for the betterment of individuals, but for society as a whole. Christina, it's awesome that you've come up to Vermont. Yeah, so happy to be here. So Christina's here uh, to help us walk through some of our building electrification policies. But not only are you sort of a building, an engineer and a building science person, you also have uh, a passion about ensuring that the field of engineering and building science is diversified. Yeah. You know, tell us a little bit about what that means and why that's important to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I can talk a little bit about how, you know, I got started in this space. As you said, I'm an engineer by training. I have no training in workforce at all. Um, And really, this all came about, like you said, and became a passion just from experiencing, experiencing it firsthand. And so when I started my uh, well, I graduated with uh, um, a bachelor's and master's in environmental engineering in 2015. And I thought, you know, I'd be able to get the job of my dreams. And and it, it was difficult for me to get my foot in the door. So I spent a couple years working in construction, which, which was great. The company I worked for um, really did have a lot of diversity amongst the, the work staff, but it wasn't my passion. I really wanted to be in climate change solutions. And so a couple years later, I finally got my foot in the door working in in sustainability and I was so excited to be there but I noticed there it really was lacking significant diversity and so because of my engineering background I was familiar with this group called the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers which really sounds like the name it's it's a, it's a membership organization that really helps young people Hispanic or Latinx people um, with an engineering background in terms of, you know, their professional development, networking, mentoring, scholarships, and really just a sense of community that like holistically supports them because of nuanced needs like, you know, being first generation in this country, being the first in your family to to work a white collar job that like your family can't really wrap their heads around or also can can manifest in the way of you have a part-time job and so you have limited time to look for jobs or look for networking. So this really like brings it all together and 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 brings it to young people. So I had been familiar with that group and I loved, you know, the, the community and 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 ev- all the resources they provided, but they didn't provide content on sustainability. <laughs> and so I was like I don't think I'm the only one that needs this. I'm going to start my own group to find out. And that's exactly how it started. It started off with a happy hour where I kind of, you know, had this call to action. Like, am I crazy? (laughs) Does anyone else need a room, like a space that's, that's serving at this intersection of like, you know, being Latinx, but, but wanting to be or in the sustainability industry. And that first showing like 15 people showed up, everyone's sharing the same story. You know, it was hard to get in this space. I'm the only Latinx person or person of color at my place of work. 
And so really quickly, and then again, this was in 2017, really quickly, the mission or the focus kind of shifted from just being a place to to gather and network amongst one another to to also like elevate the barriers to, you know, accessibility, um, the inequities that that folks face um, and really try to build like advocates and allies uh, to facilitate and like increase Latinx representation. We're talking about bringing people, more mm-hmm. people into the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only because it's the right thing to do morally, honestly, but because we're not going to reach success unless we the table is wide and everybody can join in. So imagine that, say, a place like BED was successful in really diversifying its workforce. Mm-hmm. And we, we are working on it. Talk about retention a little bit because mm-hmm. we understand that's a pain point for people. It's It's interesting because I think especially in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. DEI has become, um, you know, a buzz phrase. And and I'm grateful for it because it, it's ev- elevating the conversation. But I think a lot of people struggle, and, and rightfully so. I think the D in diversity, equity, inclusion typically lends itself to more tangible action, um, like examine your hiring practices, right? Like there are unconscious biases in hiring that can lead to ultimately a lack of diversity amongst the team. You know, we've learned best practices such as like eliminating names can help, eliminating the name of colleges that are that, that where where folks come from because those are often, you know, tied to socioeconomic factors. So there are things like that that are people can wrap their heads around and implement. Where I think it gets really tricky is the retention part, which to me feels like the equity and inclusion part. So let's say you do, you know, your your organization takes accountability, really starts to analyze hiring practices and all of that, um, and, and kind of gets that part down. You start to get diverse candidates in the door. But if you haven't done, I think, the, in, the work to ensure that you're an inclusive workplace, yeah, you're probably going to lose those candidates. You know, my advice is if there are candidates of color that are willing to kind of support and and maybe create a commit, let's say like in in the form of a committee um, that can start to to help either elevate ways that the company could be more inclusive or, or things that they recognize might drive people away or can, you know, really analyze and figure out maybe why isn't there people of color in leadership? Like what what are the barriers to success for uh, a person of color within the organization? I think that with a lot of people kind of dedicated, invested in this, it's, it's possible, especially in climate change. We need diversity of thought because the solution is going to be a hodgepodge of solutions, which means we really need people coming from different places that can offer these really creative solutions. I feel like we're lucky in the city of Burlington because we have the Racial Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Office, mm-hmm. which um, Mayor Weinberger started. Wonderful. And of course, we have networks like the Vermont Professionals of Color. I don't know how many of us are aware that they exist, not only as a resource to, to people who identify as white to ensure that we're widening the table, and mm-hmm. bringing more chairs around the circle, but to ensure the people who are hired, people of color, that they they have allies. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing we want to do is to sort of check the box. We've hired this person of color right. only to have them feel uncomfortable and leave. Right. Some of our offerings we feel like will help support Latinx people to get into this space that has been like 
historically hard to get into, historically privileged, historically white, and again, needs that we think they specifically need because of, you know, the things I mentioned before, but someone that's lived a little bit more of your specific lived experience, like being the first, you know, or, or having a really windy road into this work workforce, um, we think is, is really beneficial. So we have like a mentorship program where we help connect people. We've had a continuing education stipend where we provide funding at like we basically don't ask questions um, so that you can continue, whether that be like attend a conference or apply for a certification. Um, right now, we are working with one of the local colleges in New York, um, which is where I attended, which is City College, um, that we know is made up heavily of from people from disadvantaged communities uh, to bring guest lectures for a class over a semester um, that really help demonstrate like what are actual careers in this field because I think there is a huge exposure inequity between you know folks that maybe go to a more resource school that have the capacity to to bring in those those resources and, and expose you or if you just happen to be closer to those circles you have increased exposure which is great and we want to make sure that other people kind of have that that advantage as well of, of a real understanding of like, what are the career opportunities out there? Kind of how do you get there? I think just being around other professionals that can kind of, that are maybe a few steps ahead of you that can give you the green light to say, no, you should advocate for yourself and say these things really is, is necessary for folks that are kind of navigating the space blindly. Like they need that encouragement and, and direction this is for the betterment of all of us, right? Mm-hmm. If, oh. we're gonna, if we're going to tackle climate change, we need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said before is it's interesting because when we think about diversifying, you know, the, the whole clean energy transition, there's, yeah, there is two parts. There's one, the workforce that we just spoke a lot about. And then there is also just community engagement and getting them to the table. But how much better would we be at getting them to the table if there were folks that are bringing them to the table that also come from the same community, right? And it's not just two totally different kind of members of society, but you start to embed the community in these decision-making organizations. All right. So, Christina, really want to thank you for your insight. We so appreciate hearing about your work on forming and fostering Latinx and sustainability We appreciate what you bring to Burlington, not only in the building electrification space and our policies, but leaving leaving us with some great nuggets as we think about diversifying our own workforce and the importance of it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and please check out our website, latinxesinsustainability.org. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast, or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at burlingtonelectric.com or call us at 802-865-7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to net zero energy.